Doc, do me a favor. What's up? Smile for me. You've been wearing your retainer? Yeah. Yeah? I wore it yesterday. Did you? Mm-hmm. Well, like how big of a gap was before then? I don't have a gap. No, I no, wear it every once a week. You don't? No. Oh, okay. Why don't, don't. You have a, why don't you have a gap anymore? Because I'm consistent. No, no, no. Why don't you have a gap in your teeth? Because you, there was a gap there at one time. Yes. Dr. Bond, actually. We actually talked about Dr. Bond earlier this or last week, right? Or two weeks before? Two weeks? Two weeks? Yeah, we who Dr. who Bond, was Dr. Bond for those that missed that episode? Dr. Bond was our orthodontist, but he was the dopest motherfucker. He was super He sweet. was so nice. Super he was cool. super cool, super helpful, um, and all his uh, his assistants. Yeah. They were super sweet. So cute, too. So they were very cute. So what like what was that experience like? Do you remember like the day you got your braces on? Um, I don't remember the day I got my braces on. I remember the day I got my braces off, and I wish they were back on. Yeah, I didn't like how my teeth looked. Really? Yeah, it took me a while to get used to it. Cause so, I was like, I'm used to having like, the, the just, I don't know. I was like, I'm never gonna be able to like put colors in my teeth again. Yeah, I can't do red and black, black and white. So you like change like alternating the colors? I love the colors. Yeah. How, how old were you when you got braces? Oh, was it eighth grade? I had it, no, seventh grade. Seventh? We got them early, I think. Seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, took them off sophomore year. Yeah. So Four okay, years. Okay, so, so close your eyes. Let, I, wanna, I, wanna, I have a question for you. Okay. okay. Am, I, am I being my younger self? Yes. Let me take, uh, me, back, take me back, take me back. Okay. So imagine <laughs> you've always wanted braces. Okay. You've always wanted braces, and at the ripe age of 25, you decided to go get braces. Would you get multicolored, or would you only get one color all the way through? Now, if I didn't ever do braces? Yeah, now. Man, I'd be so much less attractive with my crazy-ass teeth. I, if I had the crazy-ass teeth, fuck yeah, I'd do it as soon as I could. How would you feel about getting braces for the first time when you're 25? I mean, if my teeth, do my teeth look like how they did back then? Uh, they kind of look like this. Open your, open your eyes. No, because David's teeth are completely different. Well, David, you got braces? Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did it, did it. I thought you were just joking. About bad teeth? David, your teeth are fine. <laughs> we talked about this. I told you your teeth are fine. No, but see, that's the thing. I actually just had this conversation with Monique I, I thought today. that was spit. It looked like spit for a second. Like it you, was just... Normally, you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's why you're so angry today. I've been trying to no, hide been... my mouth all day. Oh, really? When, he, when you first walked in, he was talking to you, but you could tell he was like trying to push Try his to hide lower it the lip time. as high as possible. But anyways, we'll talk more about braces in a second. David, roll the intro. I'm drum. I'm drummer. And and now I'm just sad. <laughs> Doing chest improvement workouts for like the past what, like fucking eight nine weeks. Has it no, been? no, it's no. Been. I'm on week eight. I'm on week eight. Oh, okay, so two months. Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Week thirty-eight. Week 38, guys. That's 30 plus 2 plus 1 and a half. 32 and a half plus another half. That's 33 plus 4 quarters. Oh, fuck. What is that? What is even that? Back up. 34 plus 4, 38. Sorry, guys. I confused myself with the quarters and the fourths. And as always, we're your hosts. I'm Drum. And I am Drummer. And this is a podcast about brotherhood and the three S's in life. The supernatural. Stories. And self-improvement all right that'll become more fluid as we move along no won't. dalton dude what's up bro how, how, was your, how was your week uh it's been good man it's been a good week 
Um, really quickly, I was talking back to the braces thing. Okay. I was talking to Monique today, and they were both th- her and her brothers. Um, it's oh, shouty touty. It's Diego's twenty first. Shouty touty, Diego. Happy birthday, bro! On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. We're doing Tuesday. Yeah. We're going up on, on a Tuesday. Tuesday. And of course, uh, from everybody here, bro, I hope that you are. Of course, man. Much love. Just taking shots and drinking margaritas and having a grand old time. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, but we were talking, and I was telling somebody I want—I really think it was Monique—that like they were complaining about their teeth, and I'm like, "You're you're fine. Like your teeth are fine." I don't think people understand how jacked up our teeth were. Oh, dude, they were so bad. Like I see people complain, like, "Oh, like David, like he's like, oh, like I need to like get my teeth fixed." And all I think is like, if you only understood, like if I had your teeth or I had like Monique's, like. I'd be like, you know what? Like, they're all right, you know? But, yeah. I mean, granted, as you get older, like, you know, you have the money to do it and do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, of But course. I just, like, bro, we just got indoctrinated by, like, just, we had some chompers. We had bad teeth, dude. Yeah. Like, I've always had big two front teeth. Like, my two front teeth have always been, like, chompers. Yeah. But they were, like, they, one went to straight to the left and out, like, it was at a diagonal. And the other one just completely turned. It was just my teeth did not look good. Yeah. And uh, my my bottom teeth were okay. My top teeth were the ones that were really the problem. So a lot of my top teeth had to get fixed. My bottom teeth, like I wouldn't have to get the bottom braces. They 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 were like, do you want to? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, you I'm might as well do here. both. Yeah. yeah, might as well do both. Yeah. But it no, wasn't. I, it wasn't I literally had SpongeBob's teeth. Mine were probably a little while. Like your, they were literally like buck tooth. Like yours, you know? yours were straight though. You were, you just had to like they were just separated a lot. Mine were crooked and shit. Yeah, yeah. But like when I had my mouth closed, like that like hillbilly kid that you think of that has like the little bit of his teeth that are showing, like that was that was me. Always. Yep. Always. Well, your guys' mouths also just go up a little bit like that. No, my mouth's perfect. Yeah, yeah. You said you said you had a really good day today. Yeah, I had a great day today. Um, just reconnecting with old friends, trying to fix shit. That was uh, happening weird things. Just fucked shit up. But so friendships going back together. Everything's good. Um, and uh, I did a lot of homework today. Just super productive, pretty much. Just try to oh, get yeah. everything. How was done. your first day of class? Oh my god. Part two. Part, Part two. two. So this, this is like the real class. This is this is where the boot camp is finally starting. Um, it was it was slower than most classes. Um, I'm used to a certain type of teacher right now so my first teacher was super experienced in hacking and playing around and finding all the fun stuff on the on you know uh, working and doing offensive security so a bunch of just types of hacks and stuff but this one is this course that i'm taking right now it's only three weeks thank god is only just about windows windows clients windows uh like security stuff like just very basic it fix your computer stuff at the office and so um, there's a survey coming up for a review on how he's teaching, and I'm going to take that shit seriously. Dang. Did you ever think you'd hear Dalton talk about how serious he's going to take a teacher review? No, but I did come home, and he came out, and I asked him, I was like, hey, bro, how's class going? And he said all of that to me, and I just looked at him and said, welcome to college. I was, I was annoyed. I was like, I'm hoping that, you know, get benefit of the doubt. First day of class, he might have been nervous. He might have not been ready. Okay, fine. But bro, next time, yeah. like I want to learn. Luckily, a lot of the material is very simple. It's it's basic understanding of how the settings work, how to improve like you know connections and whatnot. So it's not really too crazy. It's it's all basic. But man, I haven't been annoyed like that in a minute. Yeah. 
Um, Ron, speaking Ron. of college, while you I are... I asked how your week was. That's great. Hold on. But before that... Okay. Speaking of college, as you're beginning, there are some people very near and dear to us that oh. are just ending college. And yeah. they happen to be avid listeners to our podcast. But more importantly, they're our friend. And least importantly... They're my friend. David's sister. Did you say least importantly, they're my sister? Yes. Oh. Gotcha. David's hurt. <laughs> David just went one tear. Oh, I, I was waiting for you to say her name and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I have shouty touty too. I wanted to do it like together. Like, like okay. one, two, three. Shouty touty to Emily Rodriguez. You got to rap to this. Bam. I don't want to do that. Rap to Emily. Bam. Okay. Bam. Bam. You graduated bam. today. Bam. It was a bam. good day, and bam. now you're gonna go and be bam. a nurse, bam. but not in a nursery. Bam. Hopefully. Bam. That was pretty good. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. I've been working. Yeah, on. she wants to work with babies. Oh, does she really? No. Yes, well, she might be. Uh, <laughs> remix. Bam. Hopefully. Bam. In a nursery. <laughs> 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 nah, super, super cool. Super proud of you. And hopefully by the time this comes out, we are taking shots, having a good time. And man, hold uh, on. Matt, how was your week for dude, the third time? Uh, it's actually been a pretty weird week. All right. Good. All right. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. It's no. a big celebration week. We had a graduation. Yes. A birthday. Hitting all the points of life. For where else? Oh, I birthday. don't know. Birthday. Did we mention you, the baby? Yeah. Uh, that means the baby not born? I mean, I don't know. Like, mom said, like, she wanted to uh, not post about it. Literally, nobody in our family listens to this. Hey, shouty touty to our cousin, Lexi. My sis, Lexi. Why is it just yours? Don't make her cry. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Happy to, happy, uh, shouty touty to the Murphy family. They just added Murph a family. little one to the uh, family. Welcome, Brooks. Baby Brooks. I can't wait for you to listen to all these episodes on the podcast and learn so much from us. I hope that you wrote in on a llama. Uh, and some cacti yeah. by you. Some cactus and juice and some llamas. Bro, every, I, everything I in his nursery is like llama and cactus themed. It's I don't understand fantastic. why, but I love it. Yeah, it's great. I'm I love all, it. I'm it's going to be amazing. So super excited to to meet Brooks when we get a chance. I'm to. sure they're very busy right now being new well, parents. Lexi's recovering, hopefully. Uh, she's probably working out, to be honest with you. At this point, yeah. 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 I also am convinced that she pushed the baby out in one push. Yeah, we were getting all the texts. I've never... <laughs> so Caleb was sending us texts and it was alright she's this much centimeters and I was like Caleb just let me know if she's close or not I don't want to know the exact like length it just makes it grosses me out like I, for, first of all I will never ever watch my baby be born I think it's the most terrifying thing in the world to see something that you enjoy going into just Good expanding <laughs> expanding just like a fucking like a wormhole you know what I mean like it's so scary like I would never go and like take the baby out and like do that i wouldn't that wouldn't be me um i would be there at where where, her, where our heads are you the, know the line the, huh you'd be you'd be you'd respect the line he'd yeah. social distance he'd be six feet away <laughs> for sure i still try to hold her hand but if she squeezed too hard i would let go stop it and i'll slap her on the hand All right would so, you watch your baby be born um if like if that was okay with monique like if she was like okay with me doing that i think that'd be pretty cool You'd want to pull the baby out? Yeah. You you want to pull the baby out? <laughs> yeah. You're not? telling me the straight face right now. Yes. So do I, that mean I have to be holding your hand? Why you, would you be in the room? 
Um, because of your brother. <laughs> that means absolutely nothing. I'm, I'm sorry. supporting you a thousand percent. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm you, there, bro. So you <laughs> won't be his best man, but you'll <laughs> deliver <laughs> his baby. delivery room. I will. I will just be there for Monique, and you'll be delivering the baby. Yeah, no, you'll difference. probably be like Monique. Do you want a shot yet? You want a shot yet? No, no, maybe. See, I after the after the the see, tubes cut. I will support you from outside of the delivery room. Why? Just you know, because that's what normal. I'm gonna need do. support for supporting this woman. <laughs> I don't think you understand that. Right, well, you you've got to figure that out. Um, but regardless, super excited for Lexi and the fam. So super super cool. How do you guys feel about babies? I love babies of your own. Dude, babies are so like, freaking like, cute. Do I want my baby? Oh, I want Matthew to have babies. I want Dalton to have babies. His babies' lives will be <laughs> Edit that amazing. What happened? What did you say? Nothing. Um, I do want like I, I want to have kids someday. Um, I don't think now is the time by any means. Uh, Actually, this is good that we're talking about it on here, so we can go back. And and we could like go back and see what kids we wanted. But now. I I can't tell you guys what I'm afraid of. Do you? Yeah. Wait wait. Okay. You, what you, kind of kids do you think you're gonna have? Just so we have it on here. What do I think I'm gonna have? Yeah. You want how many kids? I want two. Okay. And what genders? Uh, <laughs> don't even ask the question. I don't know. I I would be okay with either. Okay. Well, that's a lie. No, I'm being serious. Because we talked about this multiple times, and you said, I don't want girls. I only want boys. Monique says she wants girls. Okay. <laughs> those words have never come out of my mouth. You should be fine because, well, you have two brothers. Your I have, dad is. I have one brother. Yeah. You that's are me. two brothers. Uh-huh. Your dad has how many brothers and sisters? He has one brother. One brother, and that's it? That's it. You should be fine. Yeah. I think, I'm, I think it's going to be boys. But. I don't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't really change anything for me. Like whether it's a boy or a girl, I don't, I mean, I probably would treat them a little differently in means of like, you know, you wouldn't, I wouldn't teach, I mean, maybe <laughs> I would teach my girl how to like, you know, use a condom. Like that's important, but I feel like you should know that woman's condom or male condom. Probably male. I feel like that's would more you common. Te- would Have you, you teach her how to use a tampon or the difference between a tampon and a pad? <laughs> I would abs. I would leave that up to Monique. For sure. I would, but you I know now. It. You know the difference. I do know now. However, listening to the three of us and all of our answers, and how all I, of us how are you going to remember this? Our significant like, I won't remember this conversation in like 15 years. And they're like, by the way, I, don't, I really hope it's not 15 years so you guys have kids. I really hope it's like maybe eight. Maybe. Maybe next year. Let's, let's shoot for next year. Hey, you know what? For all we know, you could be the first one to have a kid. Anything is possible. Anything is possible, <laughs> but it won't happen. <laughs> but yes, you want two kids. Mm-hmm. I want two kids. I want two boys. Can I tell you my biggest fear? So from the age of birth till about one and a half, babies hate me. They hate me. I hate you so. I have too much energy for them. They don't understand me. So they always look at me and they stay away from me. (laughs) They're scared of you? They're scared of me. My biggest fear is that that is going to be my kid. That every day I'm going to come home and he's going to be like, or she's going to be like, oh God, he's back. Now I'm going to come in full fi- full force, ball of energy, ready to love on my child. No, you won't. And they're going to be scared of me. However, from like one and a half to like, till they're old, we have a great time. Okay. Teenage so years just, are a little rough. So it's just, it's a little rough in the beginning. Teenage years, it gets a little rocky. Bro, you're going to have a hard time with teenagers. Why? You'd be the one to have a hard time. Because you want to connect so much and they're going to hate you. I'm going to be that dad with like a backwards hat. Oh, what's up guys? No, that's definitely me. Uh, I'll be more friends with your kids than you will with your own kids. I honestly, I hope so. To be honest with you, dude, they're gonna like think so about like me. think about how close we are to like our aunts, you know, like Aunt yeah. Vicky. Yeah, uh, you know, like I I hope that my kids have that relationship with like Dalton. And but David. I mean, it took us like 
we only got I, we only got started getting close with her when we were like what eighteen? Not even, 19? bro. I would tell her. I mean, I wouldn't tell her everything, but like Aunt Vicky and I talked all the time. Uh, well, me yeah. and Aunt Vicky took a little longer. Yeah. What about names? Oh. What are you gonna name your kids? Let's see, if I get a boy, Bjorn. Bjorn. Uh, Bjorn Ironside Drum. If I get a girl, uh, I probably if I didn't name my my next girl Boston Terrier. Leia, then it might be Leia. I think Leia. You'd actually name your child Leia. Yeah, for that sure. was my question. So I finished a Star Wars book, uh huh, and I was reading which one reviews about it. It's called Master and Apprentice. Yeah, it's read a it. new canon one about Obi Wan and Qui Gon. Oh, wait, wait, it's a new oh. canon. Yeah, can things really be new? Canon? Like Disney canon. Oh, so it's not Disney canon. canon's pussy canon. Go ahead. But it was about that, and in the comments, people were talking about just how different the characterizations are between Disney canon and. The EU. How so? Just because they're written differently. Okay. But the point is, someone was griping about it and how like they couldn't reconcile the differences and how they were mourning the loss of the old Disney, uh, the old Star Wars canon. I still am. And they were like, I named my kid Mara Jade because of the old canon. Mara Jade was Luke Skywalker's wife in the extended universe. And... I was just like, dang, that's some commitment to name a child Mara Jade after a Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a pretty big Star Wars nerd. So just thinking about how far love of pop culture goes, you know, how how yep. far do you want to go yeah. for you? I guess I thought it was a dog because your dog would have been named Leia. Oh, for but sure. It, go, it seems like it's going to it a would child. go to a child. But I also go through a lot of like uh, Lord of the Rings elven names. So I love elvish names. I think they're super beautiful to like read and like talk and say out loud. So it could definitely be one of those as well. I've always what, looked. What's an elven name? I don't know. I gotta find one. Like uh, Galadriel. That's a beautiful name. You you're not a little worried for how that child's gonna go through life with? A I name would. Like I'm not Galadriel? saying I would use that name. Yeah. I just think it's a really nice name to yeah. say, and it's really pretty of, of a name. But it would it would be like a shorter elvish name. I also really love just like. Um, like certain types of uh, Scandinavian names. I think that's like amazing. Like Bjorn's definitely one of them. That's but one of my favorite names. That's different. I feel like because that's historical versus like something made of pop culture. But I could. I mean, but, oh, I it's, mean, it's inspired it's, by the show, but, though. Well, I wouldn't know who Bjorn Ironside was if I didn't watch the show. Yes, but 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 elven names aren't necessarily historical. I mean, there's I, a history. Yes, but it's not. Like reality, like it's no. not real history. No, like the not. name Galadriel is directly connected to Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes. Bjorn is a name from Vikings, but is also a common name among Nordic. And history. he's an amazing Viking. I don't think if you look back in like any kind of cultural history, you'll you see. see many Galadriels besides overwhelmingly from Lord of the Rings. Yes, very yeah. true. Very true. Same with Leia. Yeah, Luke can get away with. Leia is a little more specific. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Okay. But yeah, what about you? What names would you want if it was your choice, your decision? So for the longest time, I think I've talked about it, I thought I was going to have a Matthew Ryan drum the third, but I kind of don't want to anymore. Why? You want Dalton drum? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I imagine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I, it used like the idea of keeping the name going meant a lot to me when I was younger. I think because my grandfather, my grandfather's name is, um, you know, it, it, it 
his my grandfather's name is also my uncle's name is also my cousin's name and it's now his kid's name so like the it's continuing to like the trend is continuing right and him and my cousin and I were really close growing up and we would always talk about that we'd always talk about wanting to make sure that you know like we continued the name and stuff like that but as I got older I think I just realized like that that doesn't really matter to me that much I actually don't know if this would bother dad if I didn't. Um, I talked to him about it already. What did he say? You didn't care. Yeah. See, I feel like I don't. I, I wouldn't care either. Um, but yeah. So, but other than I really, that's only been the only baby name that I really, really have like had my heart set on. Like, but I don't even know if I want that anymore. So, I don't know. I haven't really. I haven't like sat down and thought about it. But you have nothing that would inspire you to name your child based after off that. pop culture. Yeah. No. No. Or just in in. In anything, naming your child after something of influence from your life. No, no, I, I don't. Ragnar, that'd be sick. But like, a, like a like, I guess you don't really have like philosophers or gurus. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna name my kid Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> or like any of like the old mythology gods. Or yeah, something no, like that. no, nothing like that. Like. I've don't give me like it's not that I haven't had life lessons or I haven't learned a lot, but it's just that like I ex- I like that for what it is. I've never I've never been one to let my love of pop culture like infiltrate my life. You know what I mean? I'm not like I'm not big on if somebody like like for instance, The Rock has a new tequila that's out, right? I love The Rock. His movies are funny. I've been following him since he was a wrestler. Uh, you know, and but I didn't rush to the stores to go buy his tequila because The Rock made the tequila. The same way when, like, you know, I see these, like, big celebrities come out with these clothing lines or this or that. Like, I literally, I'm pretty sure I haven't bought new clothes in forever. That's just not important to me. However, when I have a certain author that, um, like, Malcolm Gladwell, when his new book comes out, like, I pre-order it. Like Mark Manson? Yeah. Like, when his books come out, I make sure I buy them, you know? So it's like those things like mean a lot to me, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of different, but I also wouldn't name my kid Mark Manson, you know. Well, your name's Drum, so that would be a little difficult. Well, Manson Mark would Manson be the Drum. middle name. Yeah, middle name. David. Come on, use your imagination a little. It's mmd. But like, how do how do you guys like incorporate like pop culture in your lives? Well, that's the thing. Is like Lord of the Rings was super inspirational to me. Like I th- I feel like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings were two were two shows that inspired me to imagine things but you have a tattoo that's very personal but not based in pop culture no 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 that's just that's when i started like really trying to figure out my art and what i wanted to do and i love that i love i love my piece but i would i mean i definitely want to get more stuff around you, it but would you get a tattoo of something oh yeah based in oh pop yeah culture oh yeah or yeah something a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah, because um, like I know you have a tattoo. That's a, David. but something something permanent because like the rocks tequila is somewhat temporary because you get yes. the tequila, you drink it mm-hmm. versus naming your child after something or getting a tattoo or getting a tattoo. Yeah, because you have not only the David has a outline. It's, it's like a form of connecting love. Like you have such a strong love for this specific thing that like okay, if this is my kid, I'm gonna love this kid as much. I want it to remind me of something else that I love. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's not really a sense of like. Oh, I just really like this name and this thing. Like, no, 
you fell in love with the character, you love the name, you love what it represents in that in that context, and so you want your kid, the one that you love already that hasn't like even been born yet, you want to give it this name and show it the love that you had for it. And it'll just always remind you of like those good times in a sense. You know what I mean? That just reminds me of the joke of like that meme where it's like, dad, or it's like, why is my sister's name Rose? And says, so like, oh, cause your mother loves Rose. Oh, it's then like, what's mine? Why am what? I, why, why do you guys call me? Or why is my name this? It's like, shut up. <laughs> the second book of the Cimmerillion. <laughs> <laughs> that's see that's interesting because i would think if i if i were to name a child after something in my life that has influenced me or inspired me or something, harry it would be no <laughs> it would be yo is it harry <laughs> it would be a hope that they would embody the ideals that that person that they're being named after so embodies you, you name your kid dumbledore what do you want that to embody i i like the name like athena Okay. As like a middle name for a girl. The Athena is the goddess of wisdom and the mm-hmm. goddess of war. Yeah. I just like, you know, that that it's somewhat of a wish, I guess, a hope, which can turn on you she and can whatnot. She be strong but, and, yeah. you know, okay, got it, got it, got it. Strong and smart. Got it. I'm probably just, I'm probably not that deep to think about stuff like that, but. Com- but you're the guy that thinks for six hours when they really think of something important. Yeah, that's true. And but connects I, it in all I, kinds of ways. I just never like, I just never thought about like, that's just not something that I automatically like go to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But back to authors, Mark Manson. Dalton, who is Mark Manson? He's a guy that does not give a fuck. He does not give a fuck. But I'm realizing just don't try. But you know what? There is, there really is like an art. To not giving a fuck. There is an art. Yeah. I agree but it, to that. But it's subtle. It's subtle art to not giving a fuck, I would say. Hmm. Huh. I mean, that sounds, sounds familiar. All right, everybody. Welcome to our newest segment, The Book Club. The first rule of book club is you don't talk about book club. Karate chop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a new segment where we're just going to talk about books that we're reading um, and kind of summarize ideas because, you know, it helps us, so maybe it'll help our listeners, and if it does, great, and if not, well, you know, listen to this later on in life, maybe it'll hit you then. So, Dalton, what book have we all been reading? The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. All right, so this is a book that's kind of in the self-help, self-improvement category. We enjoy it. But it takes a different angle on it. Mainly, there's a lot more cuss words, but it's kind of the counterintuitive approach to yeah. self-help. Where most self-help books are like, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I am wealthy, enough times you will become wealthy. Which, there's it aff- could. I affirmations mean, have its place. Yeah. We're not saying it doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't, but... No, not that it doesn't. I can't say uh, that. I ha- I know people that like live by affirmations. Really? Yeah. Like, that is like their go-to. Oh, affirmations is like you fake it till you make it <laughs> that nobody you, that okay, does I, it. i'm just saying because i don't know what yeah affirmations no no, no. Are, like, so like no, nobody that does it would ever say that but it's like the idea is you repeat these like statements of things that you want to attract in a sense it's putting things into the universe exactly okay you tell yourself you're earlier. happy until you feel happy so yeah. yes but okay. no that's just that's a that's like con- consider something like wicked is putting stuff into the universe and expecting things to come back. 
Oh, is it really? Yeah, but we can talk about that later. Go ahead. Oh, I might be Wiccan then. It's a type of like witchcraft in a way. Oh, I don't think that's what that is. But, but very popularized. That's why no one sees it that way. Yeah, all right. Go ahead. Anyways, so we are going to be covering the first chapter because I, I read this book a long time ago. Uh, it worked wonders for me. I love this book. I've re- reread it multiple times. David recently read it. And David's forced me to read a, read a chapter. He puts me in my room. He literally, says, he grounded all. He sent him to his room and said, did you make sure you finish reading this chapter? Yeah. So the first chapter's title is Don't Try. Don't Try. I feel like it's that simple. It just made me think of the School of Rock. Uh, uh, just uh, the speech result. Just give up. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking to like a bunch of like third graders. Just give up. The man is going to keep you down. <laughs> I love that movie. But, dude, so Dalton, what did you think about the book, like the first chapter? Um, I've never summarized a chapter before. Um, or just what's something that stood out to you? I liked because the thing is, is I'm totally about like not giving a fuck. I've always I, I learned that at a young age, which was a little bit more aggressive at a younger age, of course. But my around my middle of my sophomore year into my sophomore year, I started realizing, like, why do I give a shit about what anybody else thinks about me? So and it was definitely heavily influenced by Falling Reverse, you know, listen to their albums and stuff made me really just be who I wanted to be. Um, but this takes another step further in adulthood, which is very different than being in high school. And um, it's all in the sense of like, just don't try so hard. Things are going to happen. You have to kind of go with the flow and not give a fuck about what happens around you. Just keep doing you. And in and, and the most basic terms, that's what it's saying. But also like, it's not saying don't give a fuck about everything. It's saying, no, don't give a fuck about the things that don't affect you. In like a that very, don't matter to in, you. Yeah. And like, they like use an example of like if your grandma or something you know got hit and then something happened there was some type of lawsuit or some shit i can't remember specifically what it was but they're like he's like no you can give a fuck about that like give a fuck about your family give a fuck about the things that are important to you but if it doesn't revolve around you or it doesn't like happen if it's not affecting you on a personal or physical level why why care so much yeah and it's that simple but in like human nature, our culture, we care about everything. Yeah. We care about the way we look. We care about how we speak. We care about the way people view us. We care about um, everyone's thoughts and how they think about who we are as people. You know, like I, of course, I want I want everybody to to look at me, and when I die, I want them to be like, "Yo, he was a nice guy." Of course, I want that. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Why would I care so much if I'm dead? So the subtlety Dalton's talking about in the book says, in order to not give a fuck about adversity, you have to give a fuck about something more than adversity. Yeah. And I think you see this play out a lot where you see, uh, and I'm guilty of this too, because one, one distinction that he makes is you'll see people that kind of go into nihilism. And so a brief overview of nihilism is that nothing matters. Right. Um, and there's the extreme versions that you can take that. Uh, but like he talks about how people that are just like indifferent about everything are called psychopaths, right? You have to care about something, yeah. right? Everybody does, but it's this whole book. The premise of it is choose what you give a fuck about, choose what you care about instead of caring about 30 things, right? Because in the culture that we live in, we want to be successful. And he talks a lot about the effect that social media plays on it, where, you know, 
back in the day on the farms when our dad came in and was like, man, this is a terrible harvesting season. Oh, well, go to bed, wake up, and continue the next day. But he did that because he just assumed that if he was having a bad harvesting season, everybody else was having a bad harvesting season, right? Yeah. Now let's fast forward to today where you wake up, you go outside, you have a bad day at work, you come back home, you jump on social media, and then you just see everybody having four a people had a kid, someone's getting married, some someone just made a million dollars today, a bought a house, you know, has a brand new car. And you're like, well, what the hell? Like, why do I keep having bad days and everybody Everyone else is just like having living the, the dream, living the dream? And like, it's a snapshot, you know, and you'll hear like people love to say that. But like, you know, we tend to forget that in the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like what this book is saying is like, don't try. And I love the fact. So one of my favorite philosophers is actually called Alan Watts. Um, and he brings up the backwards law. And the idea is, is why is it that the person that is the least involved in a situation or in the success of something is usually the biggest beneficiary of the success of that thing, right? And so the idea is, is because when he stops, he doesn't care about it. He just like doesn't try to make it, push it forward. He doesn't try to move the brick wall. He just lets the brick wall be. And because he's not so honed in on i need to take this from point a to point b right he's able to like see like well to get to point b i got to go to c and d first and then get it to b he's able to kind of think outside the box and like see things a little bit differently you know as opposed to when we get so caught up on things you know and we're trying to succeed it's this weird backwards thing of saying i need to be there because i'm not there yet Right. So it's like the idea of like, I need to be successful because what I, where I'm at right now isn't successful. And while that may be true, there's still a time and a place for the appreciation of where you are at. Exactly. You know, I, I enjoyed that first chapter. I wanted to read the second one, but I didn't know if David's going to put me in my room again. So I didn't want to read it in front of him. Uh, but I, I really liked the, what the first chapter meant. I love how he always involves burritos at some point in the, yeah. in the chapter. It cracks me up. Just burritos randomly the best a bag of burritos. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a good chapter, and I I like the way he puts the backwards law into effect here. He says the desire for a positive experience in itself is negative, and paradoxically, accepting a negative experience is positive. Yeah, which more basic terms is the more you try to make yourself better, the worse you're gonna feel. Yeah, because you're not there. Yeah. And another important concept that he brings up is called the feedback loop from hell. And the idea of this is you wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to drink an energy drink today, or I don't want to be mad today, or I don't want to do X, Y, and Z, right? But then the same way when you think about, you know, I want to be successful, it's the way of admitting to yourself that you're not successful. And while that may be true, it's like this like weird like backwards thing, so right? You're saying like, I don't want to be angry, but then you get angry and then you get mad that you're angry. So uh -huh. then you can't stop being angry. And then, and then you continue to think about it. And then it ends up being this like feedback loop from hell yeah. where you're just in this cycle all day. And then you just ruined your entire day because like, well, you're like, well, they're not angry, but why that I am, or they're not sad, but I am. And, and all, and then you just continue to get sad about you being sad. And it ends up in this downward spiral of like, why can't I change myself, you know? Yeah. And so I, I remember when I first read that, that like rang true for me. Cause like one of the examples is think about, you know, Oh, well, so-and-so is mad at me. Well, so-and-so is mad at me because I did X, Y, and Z. 
oh, well, you know, why would I do that? How could I do that? Like, really? Like, why would I say that? That's so dumb of me to say. And then, like, that cycle just continues and continues. And the next thing you know, you're this, like, just absolute mess because you can't get out of your head because you're, like, entertaining this idea as opposed to where if, like, that thought came in and you're like, that's, I said this, that's not how I meant it. You know what? I'll de- If they come talk to me about it, I'll deal with it then. But until then, I don't give a fuck. That's exactly how I try to think because i don't i don't like because i do that shit all the time i know i say a lot of stupid shit and i know sometimes i just don't think and i say things and i'm always trying to work on that but if that's just that's kind of where i'm at as a person right now um but when it comes to you know like when matthew told me oh like year a year and a half ago was like i was super mad and i i couldn't let it go but you know matt was like this is just a moment of your day this isn't your whole day so recognize it as a moment but then move on once i was able to do that things have gotten a lot easier since then that was Mm -hmm. one of the most amazing things matthew's ever told me and i was like and this is just going deeper into it like okay like why do you care so much just it happened you're gonna have to confront it no matter what you're someone's gonna ask you about why you said that and just let them know i wasn't thinking i'm sorry that you feel that way simple like it doesn't have to be so much you don't have to hurt yourself about overthinking and making things a bigger deal than what it has to be. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Move forward. Live your life. Yeah. You know? That's the easiest way to be happy. It's just to understand that things happen and you gotta fix it. But also like things sometimes things can just fix themselves, you know, and just let let it be. Let it be. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. But that's where I think it works. This book really works for adults, which I you know, could be why they use cursing, because it's a complex approach to things you know you i feel like when you're talking with kids you have to use more black and white concepts because that's all they'll understand the subtleties and the shades of gray become a lot more confusing because it's so case by case yeah and kids will just like well the last thing i heard that's what i'll do because that must be right you know and so um but like we're all just big kids trying to find out like what it matters. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, well, that's, we're all just big fucking kids. I don't know. I'm a Toys R Us kid. All right. So. Well, let's move forward from that stupid joke. One concept that helped me from this book, and I think they touch on it in the chapter, but then I don't think they really dove into it yet, is uh, the idea of, like, as a society, we give too many fucks about too many things. Like, recently, our listenership has been down, and I watched you sit here and talk about it for, like, 10, 15 minutes. You know what I mean? And in my head, I was like, at first I was like, like bothered, but I'm like, oh yeah, it's down. But then there was also part of me that was like, not that I don't give a fuck, but I'm like, I have other things I got to take care of first. But it's like, it's, it's this idea of like, think about, you know, the five things that mean the most to you. And if those situations that you're worried about don't affect those five things, then don't give a fuck about it. And what's one interesting fact that I noticed that this book kind of reinforced was, um, I've, you know, been friends with people who just seem to like absolutely care about everything, yeah. you know, and I've seen it time and time again, um, where they seem to just like any little thing they'll, they'll bring up and they'll talk to me about it. And on in my head, I'm like, I don't want to be rude and be like, why do you care about this? But like in my head, I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, this, this, this doesn't matter, but it bothers you right now. I'll listen. But when they have more going on. The same way that you're like when your desire for the destiny is bigger than the adversity, the adversity doesn't matter. 
it's kind of the same thing where it's like when people have more going on and bigger things going on in their lives than these small minuscule inconveniences, they tend to finally like unrecognize those. Like they realize that that's not actually that big of a deal, yeah. you know? And like I've seen that with a lot of people and I've seen that in myself too, you know? Like I think back on things now that I used to like that really bothered me and I'm like, Why? Like Matt, that was. Do you ever get those those thoughts of like something you did that was super stupid or embarrassing from years ago, and it just pops in your head? Yep. I had one of those things the other day, and I was like, "What was it?" I can't remember exactly what it was. I can't remember exactly what it was anymore. But that's the thing. I was like, I I took a moment, and I was like, "Okay, this happened. Yes, but why do I care right now?" Yeah, I've had to do that too. And so I I had the moment, and I was like, "Okay, Dalton, you're gonna throw that away." doesn't matter right now this isn't a part of your life that doesn't need to happen anymore you will you are a different person now just let it go yeah and i had that moment i was like okay i'm letting it go and then i, I haven't thought about it since and i was yeah. like that's that's what i want it's like i want to i want to be able to have that that portion of me that's like going crazy be like oh this is this but that also that portion that's sitting at, at the back being like okay what's going on fixing it putting it aside, figuring out the important shit from the stupid shit yeah, and then separating it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's also important to like, for me, a lot of like the cringy stuff that like, I like, you know, think about that makes me like kind of cringe. Like I have to tell myself like, that's not who you are. Like just forgive yourself and, and move forward. So I went to sleep last night. <laughs> I went to sleep last night at like 10 o'clock. I woke you up. You wouldn't stop talking in your sleep last night. Was I talking about You were calling sleep? for me. The fucking creepiest thing in the world. Oh, really? Yes. I don't know what was going on. That's better than him walking to your room. I don't know. I think I'd rather, at least I could see him. It was like a faint mat, and I'm like, what the hell? And I like was like, what? And you're all, do you think that? And I was like, yes. And he went to sleep. I don't remember that. I know you don't. I woke up at like 1130. Mad. I was so mad. I was was like, why the fuck am I hungry? Why am I so hungry right now? (laughs) Get up. And I'm slamming shit. I'm so mad. I walk out of my room and I ran to the door and I was like fucking mad at the door. And I walked out and I was like, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat at 1130 at night? <laughs> and I pull out two sandwich breads and I get ham and mayo on it. And I toast the bread just long enough to where like it's a little bit hard, a little bit of crunch, but not enough. So it's still soft. Did that to the bread. I was so frustrated with myself. I was like, you wake up, you're trying to go to sleep, but now you're awake. Now you're awake, Dalton. Great job. So <laughs> I got that. I like took the bag of Fritos that Monique bought that, this weekend. I took the bag and there was only a little bit left, but I was like fucking putting my hand in it and fucking trying to grab more. I was so hungry and so angry at the same time. It was the weirdest experience. And I sat down and I started eating my sandwich and watching a show about like Nintendo or something. And I was like, <sighs> what the fuck just happened? And I just took a moment back. I was like, I don't know why I was so mad in the first place. It just was like, you know how you wake up and you're hungry and you're like, I can't explain it, but you just get so mad that you're hungry. That doesn't happen to me often. Usually I get sleep when I'm hungry. I've, I've been able to do it, but like not that time. I woke up, like my body was like, wake up, motherfucker, go eat. And I hit my numbers that day too. So it was like, should not have happened. Crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Put that in. If people need to know. That was a good start. No, no it was really good. It. it was really good story. Did you hear me at all? I was so, I was like, I was like, Dalton, you're gonna, I was like, you had angry me and then you had normal me being like, Dalton, you're going to wake Matthew up. And I was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I, bag. I, I know I was loud. I was like shaking the bag, trying to get all the chips out. 
Uh, I think I heard you get up, but I didn't hear anything okay. in, the, in the kitchen. I, I thought I was being so loud. I was yeah, arguing no. myself the whole time. No, I didn't. I didn't really hear anything. Now I've done that a couple of times where I'll wake up and I'll be like just starving. Yeah. But you know yeah. what's funny is it's always when I hit my numbers. Whenever I hit my numbers, I wake up super hungry the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. hungry. But usually you're able to sleep through with the night before you can hit the morning. Usually the morning I'm usually pretty hungry, but like I try to sleep through the night first, but I couldn't. I'll, I'll usually eat something with a lot of fat because the fat will put me to sleep. Fat helps you like produce like serotonin and like helps you like go to sleep. Fact check me on that, people. I don't. I'm assuming it does, but um, anyways. All right, Dave, you want to get us in this one? David, you, what are we doing today, man? We got another round of our oldest why segment. Are you talking, wait, why yeah. are you talking like that? Your voice is like really high right now. We got another round of our. I'm hyping us up. Um, is that your sound of apparently, hyping us up? Apparently, I've never been on live television before. We just got past that too, and now he's gonna be right back in there. <laughs> and my grandpa said, "Put on the Powerball." <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go right back to our oldest segment. Is it canon, bro? And this is the segment where we decide if some kind of supernatural occurrence is stupid or, or phenomena is canon in our universe. Life. In our universe. We do reality, have multi-universes, but we can get that later. We make our own definitions here, Heather. So canon is, is, is our canon, not your canon. <laughs> whatever you think your canon is, Heather, it's whatever you want it to be. But this is our canon. And you're listening you're listening to our podcast where it's drum and drummer, not drum heather drummer. It's it's just <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Oh David's feeling his first pain. Let's touch it right there. Yep. Anyway, what? Oh, I, 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 bro, can I you can feel it, it too, right? It, it I, hurts like, it hurts my balls. Ow. Bro, it hurts. I, I like, hate, I can look, feel. don't ever, don't ever tell us your pain, ever. <laughs> I don't want to know. Bro, I don't care. When he told me, I just imagined, like, do you remember when you got both your braces? Oh, and then you, you got both, both of us at the same time. They did yeah. both. Yeah. They saw him, and you know what they told him? They said, hey, your pain tolerance is really low, because, like, you're a little bitch, and we can't do both at the same time. I look at David's face, and I go, yeah, yeah a little bitch, yeah, for sure. It's mainly, for the, sure. it's mainly the, the wannabe, uh, oh, wannabe rat tail in the back. But ah, I can't think about it. I can't think, no. think about it. Bro. It bother me. It, bother <laughs> bro, me. I I, it literally makes me think of seventh grade math class. I was sitting behind. Remember your lips would stick out more? Uh-huh. You you, you feel like, you're like, like your lips are out, yeah. but then, like, the you would time. forget and you bite down, but I have this weird, like, sorry, babe. I have this weird, like, enjoyment of pain. And you would so, do it over so again, I, right? I would, like, I would slowly, like, yeah. push my teeth together. Oh my God, to feel me the too. Pain. You would? Yes. Bro. Well, yeah. I and, would hate it, but it'd be so entertaining. Yeah, but I'd be class. like, 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 I would be like, this is like, causing pain to myself. I'd be like, if you go through it once, it won't happen again. But then you would test yourself to see if it hurt the second uh-huh. time, and it just kept hurting. And, and the worst every part time. is when, like, you start to eat bread, and the bread fucking is like, you realize how hard bread actually is. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh no. Like, you then, think about how no, hard. We're toast. not helping. Shut up. We're not helping anything. And you think about toast. You can't eat toast, oh, bro. I'm still just touching my teeth together to feel the pain. Yeah. Like you guys are saying. Yeah, right exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's a. Uh, it's like when you like someone's like, oh man, you farted. It smells so bad, and you haven't you have smelled it smell, yet. You have, I have, have, I have to something smell that I like it. to say. I think braces are the first step to bondage. Can I explain it? Look, braces hold your teeth together, right? And you feel the pain, and you kind of like it. You kind of like the tease, right? So then you kind of get an enjoyment to it, like we both said. Now I'm not saying I'm big in bondage, but I'm not against it, right? So what if, <laughs> what if, what if? 
the braces is the first step to being like, oh, I kind of like what's going on here. I kind of like being constricted, feeling the feeling the, the pain a little bit. You know what I mean? So what if that's like the first step? I feel like there's people out there that are really into bondage that have never had braces. Before. I know, I know. And I, I, it's I, also I, a very early sexual awakening. I also feel like there's a lot of people with braces that are not in the bondage they're just go, like they're just like go both ways they're like 90 percent vanilla bro <laughs> it can go both ways. no matt you're 99.9 vanilla <laughs> it was only because you like being tied up which was like the one the point zero one percent like, like, I, like I all did, right i did my toe in the water <laughs> <laughs> oh shit all right let's get to this cannon yeah what's up what's up what's but anyway this week's cannon is clairvoyance and and no, not the song by the story so far. Prophecies and seeing the future, just seeing the future. Going back to the book that I read, part of the plot of that book was like uh, one of the Jedi's has a vision of the future, mm-hmm. and they have like a real tough time trying to figure out whether to put any stock into it, whether to believe in it, because at that point the Jedi don't believe in visions of the future being true, and the big problem with visions of the future being that. If you seek to control it, if you see visions of the future, you're bound to seek to control it because you think it gives you control over fate. And that's why it's seen as a negative because it leads to the dark side and all this stuff like that. Throughout the book, his arc teaches him to lead that knowledge of the future is not necessarily a path to the dark side because for him, knowledge of the future does not mean you have the control to change it, but rather the wisdom to surrender to it. Knowing the future doesn't mean you can change it. It means that you have to have the power to accept what's coming and trust in it rather. And so do you, what do you think of that? What do you think of, you know, there's been prophets throughout the world. Nostradamus has had a bunch of prophecies. <laughs> well, there's people who we're not going to go into people who claim to see the future uh, in terms of like psychics, but like, seers you know cassandra was a seer in ancient greece who had visions of the future who could just tell what was going to happen only i can only put this into terms as when i saw that whole life of that person that mummy but that's a story for october is it though yes if it's a personal that's the only way i can relate to this if it's a personal thing okay we'll just give like a brief overview of it i can't it's it's way too it's way too much but let me think you start with this because I don't I don't know where to go yet. I think this depends on what your idea of fate is, right? Because like we've talked about it before, do you think fate is something you can control? Uh, do you think that it is like destined, like regardless, somehow, some way, you'll end up exactly where fate says you will? Um, because that kind of depends. Do I believe people can see the future? Yes. Do I also think that I think there's enough people in the world that are writing about what they believe the future is going to be to where the 1% that get it right are recognized and the other 99% are not. However, it's usually the 1% that is continuously recognized, right? So it's kind of like, okay, there's more than like they just were a splash a flash in the pan and they got it right. So I don't know. I, I've never thought about this before, but I think it really comes down to what do you think fate is? I know myself and if I saw the future and they, cause I also have kind of, I have stories similar to Dalton, but 
it's kind of like if I saw the future and the fate wasn't something that I wanted it to be, I wouldn't have the strength to surrender to it. October is going to be a great month. It's going to be insane. Oh, dude. People are going to love our October finish. God damn. But I, yeah, I, I, I just know myself personally, yeah. and I wouldn't be able to accept whatever the fate was. I would want to try and change it in I, some way, shape, or form. I've seen more instances of deja vu than I have, like, the future. Like, I feel that – I feel like people can – not necessarily tell the future. I feel like everything can be interpreted differently and people can react and do things that other people don't. What? Someone's out there. They're checking out their tires. But I thought someone was breaking into David's car. Oh, David, your car doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> David's like, they missed my board games. <laughs> be like, what? This guy's a fucking nerd. David's like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy probably has braces on the bottom teeth. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's like, um, like I understand that people can tell the future. I just think they have a perception of what the future could be, but there's so many factors that could be changed if they know. You know what I mean? So I think for that reason, I don't think futures the people seeing the future being a seer is canon. I think they get a sense of what could happen, and that's what they use. You know. And it's definitely a possibility, but also like if you tell somebody about it, like they have the most opportunities to make it change, you know, or in another way, maybe once they say that it happens, maybe it influences to try and change it, but that's what leads them into that, you know, whatever the future may hold. Yeah. Like at what point do you go to a seer where you're like, you know, what's my future? And like, oh, your son's going to kill you. And then how does that influence the way you see the world and the way you do things especially if you 1000 percent believe that the seers are able to do that right i just feel like i don't know if i would ever want to know just let me live it let me live my life and figure it out and this is still leaning more towards personal which is kind of what we talked about before with psychics but just in in like a in a grandiose sense like the people that make the prophecies about the world ending like the mind calendar and stuff. And prophecies about a chosen one or like the second coming of God or something. That already happened apparently in Mexico. I, did it really? Yeah. I mean, this happened years, years ago, back when I was in high school. Who was it? Remember one of our, one of the, uh, Mr., uh, one of our teachers' oh. uh, kids. Yes, he, yes, he yes, went to the yes, cult yes, 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 And he yes. went to Mexico and it's like the second coming of Jesus. And he looks exactly like him. He has a Twitter. He has a Twitter account, yeah. Everything. I forget the name of it. Have you ever? Have we told you about that? Jesus has the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like the second coming of Jesus. But he's he's in he's in Mexico. I feel weird about saying his name online, like putting it out there. Yeah. I just talked about this the other day. Just say there's a cult in Mexico. Oh, but there's just don't also, say the dude's name. There's also a cult in uh, Russia, and this is legit. Like millions of people travel to this area to see if this is the new god, right? But nobody truly knows him, right? But this on this uh, on a YouTube video of uh, what's that what's that uh, like channel we watch on on YouTube? Oh, are you talking about the one that uh, Vice? Vice. Yeah. yeah, that one's crazy. That one's crazy, yeah. right? They do like this whole like um, what's it called pilgrimage? I guess you would call it, and they would travel. And they go through all these things, and this guy travels with them, and then he meets people that are just like trying to see, like, if this is like what they need, is if this is their calling in life to follow this man, 
and you know see what this man has to bring but this guy only speaks like once or twice a year and he had to do this pilgrimage like a through like a two-day hike or whatever and up to this mountain and he talks for 15 minutes and he leaves and nobody knows where he goes right and so finally this guy was able to get an interview with him and ask him all these questions and they're the most like open-ended answers yeah, you get nothing out of it. It's like, okay, bro, like these are all basic Jesus answers. If I was going to talk to Jesus, of course you would say these things. But like, what's going to make me think that you're actually Jesus, you know? What's going to make me think you're actually the second coming of Jesus? And he just wasn't giving me that vibe. But it's amazing how there's so many people that can be involved and want to believe in something so much that they will go and follow this person that they don't even know. It speaks to a, holy, it speaks to a totally different language. You know, a guy that f- from Germany was trying to understand a Russian. He had like a whole translator up and everything trying to figure out what this guy was going to say. And he's like, bro, what are you getting from this? And there's people that travel around the world trying to find this guy and going to the, the place where they, they start the pilgrimage, which is at like this cult's village where they like raise cows and eat vegetables and do all that stuff, right? They're, they're, they're all vegans. I don't know. It, there's so many different types of cults that claim to be the next like the next jesus or shit like that and it's like how like how i would love to actually talk about this and like segments of being like how do people become like cult leaders like what's the process for that like from growing up to doing that to like living the lifestyle and then ultimately they're getting caught in some you know drug shit or being caught in some like physical abuse and like trying to like uh mind control was always a thing people like being stuck in like uh, in like little rooms little black rooms and you can't see anything but then the one thing you always see when you open the, when the doors open is this the guy every time and he's like i'm jesus and then they close the door next 24 hours who knows how long door opens up i'm jesus close the door so then the person in his head is going oh my god this guy is jesus he's coming to save me he's coming to save me and then finally after like a week and a half two weeks of doing it all this guy can think about is the one vision he's seen multiple hundreds of fucking times throughout the week. And it's Jesus, right? In parentheses, or in the in quotes, Jesus, right? So now this guy comes out thinking, oh my God, like this guy is Jesus. Completely brainwashed, now living the lifestyle of everybody in that cult. Being like, oh yeah, like that's that's how you think that's how you find God. You just go stuck in a room and you sit in a black room for weeks on end without barely any food, barely any water. So they, they just try to make you like feel like you're gonna die, but not not that not that far, just close enough. And then you find God when you get close to death. That's why. So nobody's really opening the door. That was just Jesus coming to you, and he looks exactly like that guy. That's why that guy's our Jesus, right? That's how they do it. It's crazy. Brainwashing is crazy. Oh my God, we gotta have a cult section. Yeah, I'm done. I have ideas and opinions on this, but if Ooh. we're gonna have a section, then I'll I'll wait. You don't want to talk about the Mexico cult? Well, yeah, we, we don't know enough about it, but all we know is that there, we went to a kid. We went we went to school. We went to school with a kid, with a kid who was a star football player, got a scholarship for a, a university, uh-huh. was went Good to, to go play for the Chargers. Went to the NFL Combine, came back. Yep. Authorities found him naked, uh-huh. laid out on an airport floor. Yep. And uh, when he got up, he went back to his dorm. Missed his pro day, 
went to Mexico. And pro day is huge. And pro day is huge. You That's don't where fucking like, miss pro day. People show up. People go to the combine to like the combine to figure out who's who. Then once they're interested, they go to your pro day. And if they go to your pro day, there's usually like the team that's going to draft you is there always. Um, but he went there. His agent was like, bro, where you at? He sent a picture of the crowd and he's like, hey, I'm here. You can't see me, but you know, I'm here observing or whatever. And then he ended up leaving to Mexico and joining a cult. That day. That day. That day. Pro day? Yeah, yep. he like he was like, hey, I'm here, but you can't see me, but I'm just observing. And then he left. Yep. And he went to Mexico, joined this cult. He's sure. been there ever since. Joined a cult. He was really uh, close with one of the professors that, that Dalton and I had. And I guess he called him one day, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't let him talk to – they wouldn't let the teacher talk to the kid. There was a person in the middle that was relaying the message, and they were doing it that way because the kid was still going through the – indoctrination process or brainwashing brainwashing process process. and he if he heard a familiar voice it would set back yeah it it breaks it breaks the cycle yeah you you have to separate yourself from everything you've ever known because they want you for themselves you know it's crazy and i remember when i was going when i was going to school and i had that professor that we're talking about he was telling us about the process he said yeah i've been trying to get in contact with him the people there won't let me talk to him. He's like, so uh, in a few weeks, I might be heading down there to go see if I can get him. He's like, because this guy, and I guess it all just happened. And he's like, because this guy is an amazing football player. One of the best he's ever seen. And he's like, and I know, I know something happened. I don't know what it is. He's like, I know he's had a rough life, all this stuff. He was looking for something. He's always been searching for something. So those people that are searching are the ones that are going to, you know, be more uh more receptive to change and that that severe change and you know it's funny is he's actually he actually walked me to my first class ever at high school yeah so crazy stuff um do i think that clairvoyance is canon i do not dalton um i think the, i think people can have energies that can produce that but i don't think it's all real I think there's too many things that go into it to influence somebody. So I say not canon. All right. Well, you heard it here. Clairvoyance, seer seeing, prophecies, not canon. Is that the first time we've ever had a not canon together? No. we've. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I think Dalton, we've had a canon Dalton together. always says canon. I believe mm. in a lot of things. <laughs> we may not know the future, but we know, we know one thing for sure. The truth. We're all going to die. Soon. Hopefully not soon. Yeah, so so that. David brings that up because I, after this, I have to go write my own eulogy. Can we put some like like creepy like sad music? Do you know what a eulogy is? I know that uh, people get stuff. All right, when people die. All right. That's so, all, like that's all I know of a eulogy. Are you talking about like when mummies would get mummified and they'd bring like their slaves with them and their cats? Isn't that so sad? And their like, uh, think about, about it. Like cults. if you're if you're if you're a, like a, a like a prince and you're like, oh, he died. He needs his servants with them. The servants that are still living, like, oh no, I can still work, my lord. Like they're like, no, you're fucking dying. And they wrap him up, probably still alive, and then just let him die. They fucking just throw them in there. That's crazy. 
But yeah, it was always cats. It was like the they people. Had t- entire tombs of tombs, stuff that they would send with them into all the All their belongings. Into the next world. It's crazy. Anyway, eulogy. Anyway, Dalton, you know what a eulogy is? Yes or no? I told you. It's when people give you things. Okay, no. So a eulogy is... Let's just look at the definition. You're I, dead. What would you need? Well, no. It's what people get. Like, So the person that dies gives everybody something. That's a will. Oh, then no. I have no idea what a eulogy is. A eulogy is a speech or piece of writing that praises someone or something highly, typically someone who has just died. So you remember, you know how you have to do a best man speech for Matt? I'm not doing that. Think about when he dies, and then you got to give a speech for that. Wait, so you're telling me I have to write a speech for Matthew, my dad, like everybody in the family? So, or like- so talk about your assignment. Okay, so I am in a leadership course. And you can't be a leader without it. <laughs> and we, are, you can't be a fucking cybersecurity person without it. So shut the hell up. Uh, I'm mad about that. So we have to write a eulogy, um, and kind of we think about we get to pick three people, and we get to write what we would want them to say. So the idea behind it is, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Instead of the idea of like. How many people will you will be at your funeral? It's like no, like what are what would you want the three people that go up to speak? What would you want them to say about you? What are the qualities you want them to bring out? What are the things that they you want them to say and point out about you that maybe not everybody knows? So the eulogy goes to that sp- specific person, and then that specific person makes a speech based off that eulogy. Eulogy in the, in my course. Wait, what? I don't. The speech I- is the eulogy. So who reads the eulogy? Because you can't. Cause when I dead. die, you're reading a eulogy. I will be able to talk. You give a eulogy about Matt. Okay, but in my leadership court, can, will you let me finish explaining? You're being sure. really fucking annoying, and you know I'm gonna take you off my eulogy list if you don't okay, fucking shut good. up. Take me off your best man <laughs> list and your eulogy list. <laughs> you're doing the best man thing. I want to see. You no. Come. So, um, yeah. So the idea is is that I will write a eulogy for what I want Dalton to say about me, and the idea is to bring out. To me, the values that I would like for people to view me as. What's the who am I in my future self that I want people to see? Okay. Once that's laid out, now how do I become that person? Is really the exercise that this whole thing is bringing about. It's a very morbid thing, um, but it's something that my class is doing, and so I have to do that. You don't have anything to say about this eulogy? Actually, that was a good conversation. I'm just trying to figure out what a eulogy is. Oh, my God. It's the speech people give when someone dies. But the person that's dying gives that one person, that one specific no, person. No, 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 I'm no, not. No, no. It, no. no it's a person. It, so, for instance, when I die, you give a speech. So it's eulogy about a different person. Yes. yes. You would, so I would be writing the eulogy yes. about you. His yes. assignment. But Oh, yes. I thought it was a I thought eulogy was like the will per se where the no. guy so you that's literally dying, didn't listen to anything I just said. His, his assignment Not really, no. His assignment is to write what he hopes you write. Oh, about you. Yes. yes. If you died, what are you what do you think I what would write? What does he about think you, you yes. would write? And right. what does he hope There's you would no, write? No, I have a hard time spelling um weathers. Okay. And I have a hard time spelling legitimately. Okay, I don't need the the punctuation or the spelling to be accurate. I'm just saying it's gonna be hard. It's hard for me to spell those two words. Okay, all right, absolutely. Um, but so you're asking what I would say about you? I'm not asking you anything. Nope. We're gathered here today for something that has happened. Very tragic. 
What happened? How did he die? There was a geese attack. <laughs> it's unexpected. Please, please stop laughing over there in the casket. Um, <laughs> there was a geese attack. Unprepared. I ran away. Dalton Drum. I am so fast. I am faster than lightning. I ran away. I said, Matthew, come on. But Matthew's little legs wasn't fast enough. The geese just kept coming and coming. They said, Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> and then Matthew just fell in the water. And the geese took him away. We don't know where he is. We, have, we don't have his body exactly. I thought I was in the casket. No, you're gone now. The geese took you away. <laughs> the geese took the casket now. <laughs> They're still following us. <laughs> but he was a great man. He liked long walks on the beach, overthinking. And <laughs> a good a good amount of white claws every once in a while. Usually every Friday and Saturday night. Am I sad that Matthew was taken away by geese? No. I think... <laughs> I think that he is with his biggest fear. And his biggest fear might end up being his biggest love. He might become reincarnation of a goose, of a young young buck, if you, if you want to call it that, who flies around and gallantly spreads his wings as he always wanted to do as uh, an adult. But he just couldn't because he didn't have feathers or wings. <laughs> so that is my eulogy. And I hope you all appreciate it because he didn't write it. I did because that's what you're supposed to do in eulogies is you as the person write it, not the person that's gone. So he didn't write anything down in his will yet, <laughs> but I'm hoping that changes. Maybe a geese can drop that down. <laughs> Give me his car or something. We'll see. All right. You want my car? I mean, I'll sell it for something. Will you though? Hey, shut up up there, you goose. <laughs> 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 All right, we hope that you enjoyed my eulogy. It's a prequel, if you will. Uh, but as always, go ahead and follow us on all the social media platforms, at Drum Podcast, wherever you listen to us, uh, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a review. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy. Stay humble. Stay humble. And don't give a fuck. And do not, and just don't try. Just don't try, man. And as always, we're your hosts. I'm Drum. And I'm Drummer. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>